0: So once again, welcome back to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. Uh, again, I'm your host, Alan, owner and operator of Coffee and Heroes in Smithfield Market. Uh, today is going to be a review show for Avengers: Infinity War. So I'm joined by James. Once more. Once more, yeah. We uh, we had a little bit of uh, good feedback to the last one we did, which was actually previewing Infinity War, but previewing a lot of other movies as well. Um, with this uh, review, I, I did stay a couple of weeks ago. I didn't want to do a review straight away for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I think that the fresher you go into this movie, the better. So the less spoilers out there, the better. Yep. And uh, also it just needed a bit of time to digest. Uh, there was a lot going on in this movie. It was uh, a massive event and there was so much to it that I, I think you actually needed to take a bit of time to actually process that information. Uh, James is lucky enough to have seen it twice um, so i 'll be curious to hear his thoughts on what it was like a second time uh, i 've just seen it the once myself but I'm planning to see it again sometime hopefully this week uh, so yeah we'll uh, we'll just jump straight in. Uh, From here on in, we do have to warn you, obviously the movie has been out almost two weeks. There will be big, fat, massive spoilers everywhere. So if you have not seen it, please do not listen to this. Please do not come to the store, try and burn it down, or try and attack the two of us. We are warning you, spoilers everywhere. So, right. So we may as well just start with, you know, just general first impressions. Where did you see it yourself for the first time, James?
1: I saw it in maybe House Dublin Road funny story actually they accompany this so we went in and uh, the previous show hadn't finished yet so we were sitting outside as there were quite a few others waiting to get in and the cleaning crew were waiting to go into the screen right and as they're standing there they start talking about him they just start talking about the end credits scene in the film and got to the point where my sister was like is our manager about and the girl was like, no, I'm one of the supervisors. And she was like, yeah, well, can you tell your staff to shut the hell up for the film I'm about to <laughs> see? <laughs> it's like you did, that's unprofessionalism. Just. Yeah,
0: obviously you work in the cinema yourself, so yeah. you sort of know. I mean, the, I mean, we even felt guilty talking about this movie a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and a couple of regulars from the store were sitting in the sunflower talking about it, and you were even conscious of people being beside you because, <laughs> I think. The thing with this movie is it is a massive event. It's, I think it's been a long time. We can, we can talk all we want about the death of cinema and all the rest and a more move to a more digital platform, but this was the first movie for me in years that felt like a massive event. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody wanted to go to midnight showings. Everybody wanted to avoid spoilers. Everyone wanted to see it as soon as it came out. And everyone was just so hyped for this yeah so um but obviously then so your sister or your
1: sister shut them up then yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah and uh and that was grand you know i mean not the not the disc movie house at all but you know, you know or put a bad name i'm just yeah. saying in general they were like you know me working in a cinema even you know, our staff for people who had seen it you know we were like right you hold the doors open you go to clean the screen just don't talk about it. it don't mention it just generally just or if you are talking about it just do it elsewhere in the staff room yeah just general common
0: sense i mean it's it's the same for us in the store because obviously a lot of people come you know obviously to chat about it and all the rest but if we're chatting about this and our first um exposure to this was actually the last jedi Uh uh, which we don't need to talk about but (laughs) uh, basically if we were chatting about it and we heard the door open we would stop talking look to whoever it was and sort of say in a jokey way have you seen it yet and if they said yes we'd continue talking if they said no we would shut up because yeah, it's just, it's... as I say I mean, you you want to go into this as fresh as possible a big yep. event movie yep. you know people have waited years for this You know, 10 years in fact <clears throat> so yeah I mean
1: obviously Movie House was that opening day was it? Uh, it was the day after so there'd been the midnight show and it was, mm-hmm. it was the first day then that ah ok to, so
0: yeah, I mean for us we went to the uh the midnight show. We actually organized a group of fifteen of us in total. Nice. So it was uh a big group of regulars from the store. You know, we've <clears throat> we've been lucky enough to not only attract regulars but also to make friends through the store and fifteen of us went to see it. We filled up an entire row. You know, we got down there at ten o'clock. As I say, I mean, I can't remember the last time I got to the cinema on time, let alone <laughs> two hours early. But uh we got down, we were determined to get the great seats, we were determined to get all our snacks in place. Um, there was one guy, you know who you are, Roddy, who decided to wait until quarter to 12 to go out and get his snacks, <laughs> which was a big mistake. <clears throat> Whereas I had my popcorn under my seat from about quarter to 11 nice. and managed to avoid eating it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it hit midnight, You know, the screen was packed. We were in the Odeon.
1: Ah, okay, yeah.
0: And the Odeon had five screens to, uh, devoted to this at midnight, which again is just unprecedented. It's not hard to see why this movie's making so much yeah, money. Exactly. <laughs> so uh yeah, lights went down, we had to endure fifteen minutes of adverts, ten minutes of trailers, which <clears throat> the trailers were okay, but we really were there for the movie. Yeah, you know, like, We, you we we'd been waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> you just wanted that, you know, British Board of Film classification logo to pop up, Avengers Infinity War, rated twelve A, whatever. Which I would say twelve A is a little bit of a a little bit of a calm rating for this. I, I mean given the themes you're dealing with the darkness of it I think this could have easily been a 15
1: yeah I mean you could have yeah definitely had maybe a 15 thrown in maybe some darker elements to it yeah I mean it was dark as it was I mean you
0: think about all the torturing devices the Black Order were using you think of obviously the ending you think of just the movie in general was very dark which is unusual for a Marvel movie I mean there was loads of levity and there was loads of humour and there was loads of you know breaking up of the tension but by and large this was a very very dark
1: movie 100% but Let's be honest,
0: you know, Deadpool is literally the only thing you could get away with a 15 certificate at this rate. Yeah, well, <laughs> Deadpool and Logan. Yeah, that, yeah. Would be our yeah, other one, yeah. but uh, with Deadpool, there was no other way to do it. And with Logan, I think that was just a reward for Hugh Jackman for, thank you for 15 years in the role. Yeah. If this is the way you want to do it, this is the way we'll do it. Um,
1: thank God they did it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do love Logan, I have to say. Um, yeah, so just setting the scene with Avengers, I mean, story-wise it's a culmination of 10 years. I mean there was a lovely little touch at the very start of it. It's just a silly little thing but just shows how Kevin Feige and all of the guys who put these movies together understand their importance. You know, where they just changed the IO of Marvel Studios into a 10. Just simple little thing but again just builds that excitement. Uh it's the 19th movie which is just ridiculous. Uh even though we watched them all in the last, you know, couple of months it didn't feel like that many. And there's nothing to compare with this. No. You know, maybe James
1: Bond. Yeah, probably James Bond. Like
0: but that's but James Bond's twenty-three movies, I think, at this point. I might be wrong on that. But that's over a fifty year yeah. fifty five year period. This is over a ten year period. It's yeah. incredible. Um Yeah, so basically the movie the movie kicks off, the opening scene, as I say, it pulls no punches, it wastes no time getting into it. We managed to see Thor Ragnarok for the first time only two days before this.
1: Serious? Yeah. And <laughs> thank God that we did,
0: because if we hadn't... To oh. be honest, I think you might have been slightly lost. A tad, yeah. Um, we were like, how
1: did he get here? What's yeah. happening?
0: What is this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Thor Ragnarok ends with you know Thor and Loki saying, oh, I think it's going to be okay, brother. And then this large shadow looms over the ship. And then they don't even show you what happens. It's just bodies lying everywhere. Yep. Uh, I didn't notice Korg amongst them. No. This is someone who I thought was missing from this movie. I mean, as if we didn't have enough characters. <laughs> but he was one of the absolute standouts for Thor Ragnarok for me. <clears> oh, <throat> David just popped up. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, man. You, you, you didn't kill me. I'm just over here. Or maybe he was playing dead, like his friend in Thor Ragnarok, where he thought he was carrying his dead friend around all this time. He's like, oh, no panic. He's alive. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it kicks off. And what I thought was smart about this opening scene was... One of the things about Marvel movies for years they've been accused of is not producing good villains. And Loki's always been held up as the sort of the established this is how you do it. Loki at this point was more of an anti hero, to be honest. He he had probably more good elements to him than bad. But it almost felt like at the start here, and again I have to say this, massive spoilers, everyone. I I can't say it enough. <laughs> but the fact that they basically kill Loki within five minutes yeah, almost felt sick. like them saying like Thanos was saying, you think this is a bad guy? I'm a bad guy. Breaks his neck, throws him to the side like he's nothing. This is after he threatened to crush Thor's head. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was a part of me. I was actually thinking Thor was gonna die. Yeah. Same.
1: Like yeah. You know,
0: if, I'm, I mean, I know we've seen obviously more footage and trailers and stuff, but I just thought to myself, holy sh- Stuff. <laughs> um, I actually thought they were gonna kill him and. That was one of the the biggest victories of this movie for me the constant sustained feeling of dread because once they kill Loki and they killed um Hemdall, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, once they killed the two of them you sort of thought holy moly no one is off limits here. Yeah, they're you just
1: go on for anyone. That's <laughs> it. I mean, <laughs> anyone I, at all.
0: I can't remember last sort of movie I felt like that because you think of your classic horrors and stuff there's always a set formula set rules as people die and stuff. You know, in terms of movies, people being picked off one by one. But in this, I had no idea what to expect. I mean, to jump forward slightly in the plot later. Like when they killed Gamora off, I thought, oh, she's coming back at some point. She's coming back at some point, surely. But then, obviously, he has the Soul son as a result and all the rest. But I was right in the
1: feels, that one. Yeah, that that was... was,
0: I mean, the reason that was right in the feels, sorry, we're going to jump all over the place here. Um, <laughs> the reason for me that was right in the feels is because they got the CGI of um, Thanos so right. Yeah. And you could see his conflicted emotions at that point where he was like, well, this is something I love, even though I've probably never told her. Because at that point, Gamora's sort of looking at him laughing, like, oh, you've never loved anything. This is fine. And then there's this stark realisation that comes washes over her of, oh my God, he's actually going to kill me. Yes. Um. and this is after a great little scene as well where um Star-Lord is going to kill Gamora because she's asking him to so, to stop Thanos and he actually is a man of his word he tries to kill her but like bubbles come out of the gun it's the reality stone at yeah, that point reality stone. so <clears throat> yeah it was uh, but yeah going back to that sustained feeling of dread I had no idea <clears throat> who was going to survive this movie
1: yeah as soon as you saw that open in five minutes you're like well Get yeah. your bats on yeah nobody's <laughs> walking out of this one, <laughs> and then the pace
0: just never lets up from there, so Hemdal's basically able to um open up a a walkway to Earth and uh the bifrost and basically sends Hulk, which is strange in in a way, I don't know why I send Hulk, but not Thor yeah,
1: I mean it probably would have been. T- better to send Thor. Well, I don't know. Cause, I um, mean,
0: ultimately, Thor's a god. You know, yeah. the Hulk's a monster. But and indeed, I'm, I'm skipping over one of the best parts. here. see, this is the problem and the joy of this movie. There's so much great stuff, but the um the fact that Loki gets to utter the line, "We have a Hulk," and uh, the Hulk then starts beating on Thanos, and the Hulk's winning the fight, and then one of the Black Order is about to intervene. And one of them just puts their hands up and goes, Let him have his fun. And you're yeah. just like, Oh, this is not going to end well. And he actually punches the Hulk, I think it's in the neck. And he does it in such a way that the Hulk actually sounds like a wounded dog. You know, he's almost whimpering. And that, of course, leads to a plot line the whole way through the movie that the Hulk never comes out. Um, I mean, for any villain to instill that amount of fear that even the Hulk doesn't want to come out is quite remarkable. There
1: was, a, I think, it was a theory of such that. The reason the Hulk doesn't come out is because in the next one, you're going to get the culmination of, I think it's like a greater Hulk, so it takes mm-hmm. more of Bruce Banner's mind rather than his body or something. Oh, okay. And then like, he has like more strength or something like that. I know my friend Stephen was telling me about it. Okay. I was like, oh, okay, that sort of makes sense. He's
0: obviously just building it up, so Yeah, to speak. possibly. I don't know. I mean, that could just be lies. That's yeah, well, <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of lies, I mean, the. The trailer itself, where you have all of the heroes running at the camera and the Hulk's in the background, well, that didn't happen. Yes, is so much you know, cut stuff as, if you watch over the trailers. As if we weren't burned enough by Justice League and the amount of <laughs> stuff that wasn't in the trailer, but I'm not gonna go off on a Justice League tangent as much as I want to. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. So Hulk basically ends up crashing through the the window of the Sanctum Sanctorum. Um, uh, Doctor Strange is there um, what's Doctor Strange's Wong isn't it Wong yeah uh, is there as well and then they basically go and find Tony Stark who I was surprised to see Gwyneth Paltrow in this movie
1: I wasn't given that you know her appearance at the end of Homecoming yeah. I was like okay she's bound to make a wee creep up in this
0: well this is the other part that we've watched TV and movies and are savvy enough to know that any time they start a movie off with a scene of happiness between two characters one of them is dying and in fairness you don't see Pepper at the very end I mean you assume she's alive if they don't show her down yeah um, unfortunately Tony didn't die but that's that's a whole other bag oh, of worms whoa. Oh, oh we'll get to oh, that whoa. we'll get to that oh whoa. Um, but yeah so he they're like talking about having kids and you know um, you know moving on with their responsibilities and stuff like that Tony doesn't really want to do the whole Avengers thing anymore though he does have um he does have sort of nanotechnology yeah uh, built into himself just in case
1: again I didn't get that I mean I got it but at the same time it's like you know you had Iron Man 3 where you know he gets it removed and everything so it's like so
0: So what you're saying is Tony Stark's arc is very inconsistent and he's a horrible character
1: I wouldn't say a horrible character I think that's a bit harsh but <laughs> in terms of I that respect I think yeah it's kind of like well why do you still have for enough
0: nanotechnology, but it's like, wow. Yeah, that's that's one way of looking at it. Um yeah, we'll we'll come back in a wee second after this. Um this is gonna be a long conversation, so we'll just break it up a little bit so we'll, but um yeah, we'll just be back in a sec after this. Okay, so we're back again then to continue our Infinity War chat. Um, so yeah, we, we got as far as obviously Pepper and uh, Tony talking about you know starting a family, and you know as I say, we're we're all savvy enough to know that that's probably not going to end well. But uh, yeah, so basically Tony is recruited back to uh, the Sanctum Santorum. and I didn't actually realize this at this point, but there's this real sort of there's this great moment where Tony and Bruce Banner look at each other. And you actually do realise it has been a hell of a long time since they've seen each other. Yeah. It's it's end of Ultron, isn't it? Age of Ultron. Age, of Ultra, yeah. That's Age Hulk, of Ultron, yeah. Where basically Hulk flies away. Um so it was actually the last time that they'd seen each other, and there's you you do sort of forget which characters have interacted with each other and which ones haven't. I mean there's another great scene further on in the movie where the Guardians are fighting against um it's against Tony and Peter, isn't it? Strange, yeah. Yeah. And it's a great scene because Although we know that all these characters are all part of the same universe and they're all heroes, they've never met each other, so they just see each other as threats. Uh, And that's what this movie's really good at, is those chance encounters between these characters. Uh, So yeah, basically, Tony's told all about Thanos and told about this guy. Like You've never seen Bruce Banner so afraid of anybody, he's practically shaking telling the story and uh then suddenly like this rift comes through new york and you're wondering what's happening it's the the donut ring in the sky <laughs> uh it's a bit more sort of technological than that but that also leads to um us showing us peter parker and his spider sense uh kicking in the gear which uh we've talked about this before one of the best moments of a movie for me
1: yeah definitely my my sister I remember sitting beside me and the bit where he kind of like he swings out and goes across the water wearing nothing but just the mask and she was like total fangirl moment <laughs> she was like I've waited years to see that happen yeah and I, I just looked at her and I was like you're in a bit she was like a little bit and then you see he, him swing off and she's like okay a lot and I was like yep yeah, there you go it is a great scene.
0: Even the lead into that as well, just where uh Peter says to Ned, you know, create a distraction and Ned like looks out at the ship and goes, We're all gonna die. <laughs> and then it also gets the obligatory Stan Lee cameo out of the way early, which I thought was <laughs> smart.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think in a movie this where the stakes are this high, I think it could have broke up the tension if you'd have had him later on in the movie. Uh but in this case he's the, the bus driver. Yeah. Uh, I was half expecting him to appear as a watcher, I must admit.
1: Yeah, because after the when was that here? It was appeared? Guardians too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it's because when they're
0: flying through all the wormholes, yeah, and they go past, and he's like, "Guys, guys, I got so many more stories to tell you." <laughs> it might be my favorite Stanley cameo, <laughs> actually, outside of Deadpool, because in Deadpool he's the uh, he's introducing the strippers on stage, and he's a, he's the DJ. I love that one as well. Yeah, it's so. like,
1: it, he says it's like, oh yeah, no, oh yeah, you can't buy love, but you can rent it for like five dollars or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Stanley I can totally picture just working on a stripper joint oh, yeah. as a guest
0: DJ I, th- I think that's what he's going to do for the rest of his life he's like oh, I've created enough of these stories I'm just going to go and work on a stripper <laughs> uh, but yeah so this this leads to uh, some awesome action scenes on the streets of uh, New York uh, some really inventive uh, action scenes and also shows the strength of the Black Order because they, they essentially win this fight uh, they are able to um, grab Doctor Strange put him onto the ship uh, because they need him because he has the time stone uh, around in the... It's the eye of... I want to say Gamora, but it's not Gamora. Uh, <laughs> totally uh, ruining my moment here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so they basically take Doctor Strange to uh, prize the time stone away from him. And then Iron Man follows. But, of course, Peter as well is very uh, excited at this point. He wants to be part of the Avengers. He's always trying to prove himself. He's always trying to show that he can mix it with the big boy. So he starts following and it gets to the point where Tony looks at him and is like, kid, you can't be up here. And Peter's actually struggling to breathe because they're going higher and higher. And then this leads to another great fanboy moment uh, yep. with the the iron spider suit coming into play. Uh, I don't know if we've discussed this before, but I have slight reservations with this stuff because I understand that in this uh, capacity because of the breathing apparatus and you know helping Peter get onto the ship and all the rest. But I've always, I have a bit of a problem with... The fact that anybody could be in that suit and that suit does everything for them. Like the suit, like the iron spider comes out the back and you know creates landing spaces, stops them from falling, things like that. And I have a, I have a slight problem with that because I think it takes away <clears throat> sort of the special nature of Peter and his abilities itself. So uh, I thought that was quite, uh, quite interesting. But at, at the same time, while wrapped up in the movie, great moment
1: yeah you just kind of saw it launch and he's like right fall I'm gonna catch and yeah. it like on to and it's like attaches onto him it's like oh that's so kick ass yeah you, you you just
0: wanted to you know <laughs> it was a real fist pump moment of, yeah <laughs> awesome and then of course Peter um I think Tony's original plan was to get Peter into that suit just to basically help him land safely back to Earth. But of course, Peter is, yeah, I'm coming to help you, old man. So, uh, which he does very successfully. So they end up on the ship there. Uh, It's around this time. I mean, my my chronology of the movie is a little strange because the movie, obviously, I've only seen once. And again, there's just so much goes on in it. But uh, it's around this time as well as Thor lands on the uh, ship of the Guardians. Yep. And this all happens because the Guardians are answering a distress call for the ship that has been destroyed. And uh, so this leads to some great comedy. I mean, the interactions between Thor and Star-Lord especially <laughs> are superb. Now, Marvel gets criticized a lot for its comedy. It, it sometimes is over the top. I mean, there's like Guardians 2 for me was very Miss. Whereas um, Thor Ragnarok was very much a hit You know, in terms of yeah. how they balance the, the comedy. But I thought this was perfect.
1: Yeah, it was very good balance on it. Um, like you say, all the different interactions between everyone, and you're, all the banter, and you're just kind of like, it works. It's like, okay, yeah, there's a lot happening, but it works. I yeah. mean, even that one scene between you know, Gamora and Thor, where he's like, oh, you seem to know an awful lot about Thanos, and Drax yeah. like, well, Gamora's the daughter, and you kind of think, oh, uh-oh, you know, it's going to go down. And he just kind of walks up and pats her on the shoulder. He's like... Yeah, families are tough. I get you. <laughs> so, you know, and you're like, okay, it's a wee subtle moment. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it's still a serious matter, but he he on you know, like, yeah, it just needs, needs that
0: tiny bit of levity. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we've well, went past sort of one of the the best jokes I think, where um, Starlord's feeling very insecure, and I can't remember who it is. It might be Gamora, but someone basically says to him, "He's a sandwich short of being fat," which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, um,
1: I Think it is says that to him.
0: And then. It basically leads to Thor and Star-Lord, you know, standing up against each other, measuring up against each other, Star-Lord putting on a voice. You know, I, I always talk like this, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I just thought all this interaction was brilliant. But there there is a little moment in here that I just want to chat about quickly where <clears throat> it's a tiny little thing and it might be nothing. And it's going to, you know, jump ahead to the ending a little bit as well. There's a part where <clears throat> uh, the this team is about to break into two. So Thor is going, he wants to create a new hammer and as he goes, Rocket goes with him. And Rocket's walking past Peter, and Peter Quill basically says to him, you're just going with him because you don't want to face Thanos. And I don't know if that's going to be slightly related to what happens at the end, because when Thanos snaps his fingers and obviously half the Marvel Universe disappears, Rocket doesn't. And I don't know if that's anything at all. It might. It might be just looking for something that's not there but I think there's something there. there there might be something revealed in the next movie about that I never thought about it like that
1: at all very, I it, kind of thought it was
0: it was just a very random little moment it just seemed like a real yeah you're just going because you don't want to face Thanos like there's history there or something but I'd say it could be absolutely nothing but I
1: just find it strange that he's the only guardian who didn't you know oh I, I think I give it to, you, getting out to like the way Nebula is all like constructed and like binary and the way she's made up rocket is technically the exact same thing exactly okay i get so i think i think there's
0: something there but you know we'll we'll wait and we'll see um so yeah basically thor goes off to uh make his own hammer he disappears for a little while although he does come in with one of the best one of the best camos at all when he's going to um to start trying to construct his new hammer he comes across uh a dwarf but the dwarf is actually a giant and it's played by Peter Dinklage and I was it,
1: quite taken aback by that <laughs> it
0: was it was a really funny way of doing it because I'm sure as an actor as a serious actor Peter Dinklage is an amazing actor that he is he must get typecast all the time you know <laughs> and I thought it was a really fun way of saying like let's make you the biggest character on screen for once like he's bigger than <laughs> Thanos you know he's, he like I thought that was very very clever because he is a great great actor, so it was it was good to see him being utilized in a different way
1: three billboards just fantastic in that the I God. haven't
0: seen wow. that yet I've heard good
1: stuff it's amazing yeah did it's it win the Oscar for best movie no Francis w- McDormand won actress for best actress yeah um God, what won for best picture was it? No, my memory fails me. Yes. Basically, in about <laughs>
0: ten minutes' time, he's just gonna shout out the title. <laughs> just, like,
1: jump out, like, ah!
0: just shout out the title of whatever it was. <laughs> and
1: everyone's like, "What?" what?
0: <laughs> but I mean, just on the subject of Oscars and stuff, I mean, if this movie doesn't get acknowledged in some way, it's just an absolute disgrace. <clears throat> uh, and I say that as a DC fan, uh, because juggling this many characters and making a coherent movie is hard enough, but making a phenomenal
1: movie is. It has to be at least. This has to be the yeah. year that they're like right, let's really sort put this of recognition. In consideration. Yeah. Either that or Black Panther has to be given up for well, something. I'm not a huge fan of Black Panther, so uh Wakanda forever. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but again I think Panther.
0: But again I think Bokanda works better in this movie as a great stronghold. Like you've established what their society's all about and as a stronghold it's amazing. Yeah. I just again it goes back, we chatted about it before with Black Panther yeah. was just I'm not a fan of the main character in his own movie. But again, T'Challa is one of the best things in this movie, so yeah. it's 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 the same with Spider Man. I don't know. I just think some some characters in this universe don't quite sustain their own movie. I think Hulk's like that. You know, they've tried to make a couple of Hulk movies, and although I did enjoy the Incredible Hulk more than I remembered it did, I thought the Hulk worked better in Thor Ragnarok as a foil for the main character, as opposed to all the focuses on Bruce Banner and and the Hulk. Um. So, yeah, so, uh, just to get back to it then, so, uh, another part of, uh, we're on the ship at this point, where Doctor Strange is being tortured to obviously give up the time stone, and this leads to one of my, uh, defining moments for what an absolute douchebag, and oh my god, one of the best parts of the movie, Doctor Strange calls Iron Man a douchebag, amazing. Um... <laughs> and I must admit I never really liked Doctor Strange before this movie but he's jumped to the top of my list just for that moment uh, but it's another demonstration of why I don't like Tony Stark and again it's a little thing but I think it's important to mention so when they come up with this plan so it becomes it seems to be a little bit of a running stick now for Peter have you seen this old movie yeah. which makes us as the audience all feel really old <laughs> uh, so he did it with Empire Strikes Back and Civil War yeah. and then he does it in this one with Aliens and basically Iron Man blows a hole in the ship And they're able to get rid of that member of the Black Orders. Peter swings in and kicks him out. And Iron Man even says the line at this point, the kid has seen more movies than you. And then so Stephen Strange gets down from his torture device or whatever. And him and Tony sort of square up. And Tony says to him, look Hotshot, I just saved you. Not we, not Peter, not the guy who came up with the plan. I just saved you. It just continues to show me what an absolute egotistical douchebag that he is uh, I'm sorry to use it, keep using that term but Doctor Strange used it in the movie so I, th- I think I'm allowed some li- uh, some leeway here uh, I knew you are going to jump in with an impassioned events of Tony at some point here well you'll probably save that for later on where he faces yep. Thanos yep <laughs> which could have been the best moment of the movie But
1: <clears throat> I'm just waiting for like the next podcast top 10 reasons why I hate Tony Stark <laughs> I don't think
0: 10 reasons we've been <laughs> top 30 reasons maybe top 30 um, not even a
1: top list just reasons <laughs> why I hate to be sorry sarc-
0: yeah so again we're jumping all over the place plot wise but next next thing I thought would be sort of good to chat about is um, <clears throat> the scene with uh, Gamora and Thanos and this led to an amazing cameo that I was not expecting <laughs>
1: my jaw dropped like but, we were all shocked.
0: shock and what was great about this cameo which of course is you know but spoiler and all over the place here uh, which of course is Red Skull but the reason I love this cameo I mean Captain America is one of my favourites so of course I knew who this was but when we went to see this at midnight when the Red Skull turned up there was gasps in the crowd and that to me is the definition of great storytelling because this is a character that first popped up maybe nine years ago has never been in a movie since but as soon as he popped up everybody knew who he was. Very very clever Uh, and again Hats off for the, the idea of the long-form storytelling that Marvel have uh, done through these movies. Because
1: yeah, his absence is explained quite well, you know, yeah. he then gives a the story of how he once had control of the stone, yeah. but it banished him the, for, for mere, is that yeah. Right? yeah, and you know, so literally in like one sentence or a couple of sentences yeah. of dialogue, it explains why you've never this seen her. this. This is where absence. I've been for nine yeah. years, or so. probably
0: feels like an eternity to him but uh the basically the reason he turns up <clears throat> is to explain to thanos uh, how to get the soul stone and the only way to do that is to sacrifice something he loves and it's at this point that gamora is sort of laughing because she's saying like oh you've never loved anything you're just a tyrant you're just you know a titan you just want to rule the universe this and that and <clears throat> this is where there's a real testament to the motion capture and all the creation of thanos and also of josh brolin's performance yep. because like you see how conflicted it is, you see that he the, the motivation of any good villain has to be understood. If you know, they you have they have to believe that what they're doing is right. And although Thanos is trying to indulge in genocide here and obviously wiping out half the population, he's doing it with the idea of the other half will never under, never know poverty, yeah. never know starvation. Like there's only finite resources in the world. And while you don't agree with his methods, because as I say, it is genocide uh, you can understand his motivations to a point, so you can see at this point he 's just wrestling with "I love my daughter, but I want to save or in his eyes anyway, save the world Air quote. <laughs> and you know i've I've even skipped past a little bit here as well again, okay, there 's just so much to this movie uh before this there's a little scene in the collector's um in the collector's home where Gamora has said to Peter earlier in the movie, Look, if it comes to it, kill me because we have to stop Thanos from you know completing his plan. And Thanos is basically holding Gamora hostage, and Peter Quill has a gun in her face and she's begging him, she's like, just do it, just kill me, just do it, save the universe, etc. etc. Uh, you promised, and he's already yeah. told her he loves her at this point. It's all very, very sad. And he actually goes through with it and he pulls the trigger, but bubbles come out. And I think Thanos came out with a great line at this point. He's like, I like you, you know? Yeah, and then just, boop. And then just, <laughs> boop, 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 And then, yeah, he, he gets out of there. So, yeah, so that leads to, as I say, where Thanos is conflicted and does he sacrifice his daughter? And although he hesitates, he he does make the decision relatively quickly. Yeah, <laughs> it's like
1: a split like second. It's like, here's a big ditch. And um, away you go. And body's <laughs> down.
0: And we're so conditioned in these movies to think that something's going to, like, Spider-Man's going to swing in at the last minute or someone's going to swing in and save her or whatever. Doesn't nope.
1: happen. All the happen. musical score that accompanies I've seen is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Very like, por- very uh, powerful stuff. This, you're just sitting there like, "Oh my god, it's like
0: they actually have killed her." And yeah, like, and the reason you know they've killed her is because the soul stone appears. You know, it's not like this is a trick or you know that there's some way she's going to come back. I mean, for me the deaths in this movie, everything up to this point will stick. I think yeah. I don't think we'll see Loki again. I don't think we'll see Hemdall again. I don't know if it was true or not, but did we see Valkyrie amongst the wreckage from Thor Ragnarok? Because Thanos obviously only kills in halves, so he would have only killed half that ship. So did some of them escape? Is this where Korg is, for the example? Must
1: have done because I didn't see Valkyrie.
0: Someone mentioned to me that she might have been in the foreground, but. I thought she was such a great kick-ass character in Ragnarok. I think it would be a shame to kill her off-screen like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I didn't personally... I didn't notice...
0: Well, yeah, well, as I say, I mean, at this point with Gamora dying, I think everything to this point, these character deaths are going to stick. Yeah, um. We'll, we'll see, obviously, with everything else later on. Uh, but, yeah, so at this point, Thanos, I think he has all the stones at this point, doesn't he, apart from the Time Stone?
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah.
0: And the Time Stone all comes about on Titan because... Tony comes up with this idea, genius that he is, rather than run through the universe and hide the time stone from Thanos, oh, let's take the fight to him because that's what he won't expect. This guy really is an idiot. Um, I really can't you know, put this forward enough. <laughs> like, Why would you take the stone to the exact place where he is? Oh, because he's not expecting it? The, you know, you, the one thing about this movie they have shown is that this is an epic, epic universe with tons of hidey holes all around it. Why would you go to him? because he's not expecting it
1: to progress the plot <laughs>
0: <sighs> just, there, there has to be a more elegant way of doing it I think sometimes but you know I, I really am nitpicking here because as I say it's such an amazing movie uh, I can't say that enough but I just don't understand that motivation of we'll take the fight to him but it does lead to an amazing action scene and it's a scene where basically all of the Avengers and all of the Guardians and everyone else is just jumping up at yeah. uh, it's just jumping up at uh, Thanos, and one person's got his arm. Um, what do you call her out of Guardians 2?
1: Oh, uh, Mantis.
0: Mantis has jumped on, and she's an empath, so she's sort of calming him down and you know, almost putting him to sleep, that kind of thing. And Peter is, like, forcing the, the gauntlet off, Peter Parker. And uh, it's at this point that, you know, Thanos is able... Is it Thanos or is it Mantis says? Oh, he's in pain, yeah. So Mantis yeah. says he's in pain, and it's basically like because he's mourning the death of Gamora and Peter Quilstein are going no this can't be true this can't be true and uh so we can really blame the,
1: you're the year ago oh I, I wholeheartedly agree oh that yeah and that's uh it's all Star-Lord's, Star-Lord's fault Star-Lord at this point here in a as well second, yeah. oh no big time I mean
0: he <laughs> understands sort of his his pain and his agony he's you know he's finally got with Gamora in a way where they love each other and they mean a lot to each other and you know, finding out that she's dead. Because again, in this universe, there's always that last minute save. So the fact yep. that there wasn't, I think, is something to be applauded. And at this point, Peter... Who is it says we've almost got it off? Is it Tony or is it Peter Parker? They're like, we've no, almost got this off. I think, I think it's, Tony, I think it's it. Tony. It's the one sensible thing Tony says in the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> God damn you and your <laughs> But it's probably the one these things says. He's like, Quill, just stand off. We've almost got the gauntlet off. And... Peter Quill, in his impatience, and in his annoyance, and his grief, and his pain, and his agony, punches uh, Thanos in the face, which snaps him out of the whole empath thing.
1: Can I just say, though, right? In taking, like, in getting the gauntlet off his hand, then what? Because he's just going to swing around and kick the crap out of you anyway. Like, he's a good seven feet tall. Has like toasters for hands. Yeah. It's just he would just probably punch them all and get it back on. In fairness, anyway. though, they've
0: got the right person taking it off him because Peter could swing out of there. Yeah, I suppose. You know, yeah. um, and he does have the Iron Spider suit as well, which will probably increase his abilities. So, but yeah, no, it is a good point. In fairness, the plan was probably for them to take it off and then probably Tony would put it in his hand or something, and then destroy everyone, so they could rule over what was left. uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ah. yeah, my my hatred knows no bounds. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so yeah, this all leads to almost the greatest moment in movie history, which uh, is basically where Thanos then stabs Tony Stark through the heart, or what I thought was through the heart. Now, I know I am ragging on it quite a bit and ragging on the character and all the rest, but this was a genuinely shocking moment. And yeah, because
1: you just, I it kind of came down to just you know one on one. Yeah. Mano a mano, and he kind of i mean god help him he takes he does try like he gets an a plus for effort and he kind of gets like and it's Mm -hmm. just the fact where he gets him right on like the the face and Thanos just kind of wipes and he's like all that for just a speck of blood yeah and it's just like it's just savage well what's great (laughs) at this
0: point as well actually is that you know thanos calls him stark and tony's just like you've heard of me yeah you know i mean that must have been a great massage to tony's ego He was just like yeah (laughs) this 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 guy knows who I am that's right I'm doing something right but no I did like that Tony was known by Thanos I like that obviously the things that they had been doing on earth and all the rest had not gone unnoticed outside of earth and uh, I thought that was a great sort of moment but yeah basically Thanos stabs Tony and as much as I did enjoy that moment I did cheer a little bit uh I know I'm gonna get slapped at some point here but it was shocking, and the, but the longer it went on, I thought, yeah, they're not going to kill him. You know, it, it was so sudden the way he stabbed him, I thought they either have to kill him off really quickly or he's not going to die. And this all led to um, Thanos looking at Doctor Strange and saying, give me the time stone and he lives. Now, this is maybe one of the more controversial moments of the movie because early in the movie, they go out of their way to, say, to have Doctor Strange say, it's a choice between you guys dying and me losing this <clears> stone i'll give you up any day of the week yeah
1: and then in this point he doesn't even put up a fight yeah well to be honest it's like yeah because you know tony's sitting there and that's something strange it's just kind of like you know spare his life only give you and you're like mate you just you just backed out like you just, what are you doing it's not even a not even a like hesitation is it no hmm, just like no right right lad, went far yeah. enough.
0: on now. (laughs) Well I mean a lot of that obviously comes down to the the scene where um, Doctor Strange looks into the future and he tries to work out every possible outcome of based on every possible action they can take.
1: 14 million and 65, I think is the number you come If you off.
0: remember that, I'm very impressed. <laughs> uh, I remember it as like 14 million or something. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you have to think at this point, Stephen Strange is is one of the smarter Avengers, you know. Yep. Even before he became a superhero, you know, he was a doctor, he was well-educated, he was knowledgeable. Um, so you have to think that he has seen the chain of events that leads to them winning, the one out of those 14 million and- 65. I was going to say 56. Uh, <laughs> so that just shows again, I don't know. But uh, you have to think that this is it. This is this plan starting. Because I think even at this point, he says we're entering the endgame. Which has been a rumoured title for Avengers 4.
1: Yeah, I have heard. They have heard that as well.
0: I wish they'd just say Infinity War Part 2. Uh, because yeah. let's be honest, that that's one of the things about this movie. It's... Epic and it's massive and it's amazing, but you really didn't want it to end. And when it does end, there's a part of you thinks that was half a movie.
1: Yeah, because the whole thing was like whenever they were naming it and stuff, and you, know it was gonna be a fan like mm-hmm. Infinity War Part One and Two. Then it's just called Infinity War, which then led a lot of people to speculate that it was like, oh okay, so, you know, like where does it go from here? Yeah, and it did kind of throw you off then, because you're like, right, if that's Infinity War, over and done with. Yeah. What's next? Know, it's like. Yeah. Because I think yeah. they
0: even discussed it as if we announced what the, the title was, it would be a spoiler. Exactly. Yeah. And if it was something like Endgame, it's not really a spoiler. No. You know, a lot of people were speculating there might be Secret Invasion or it might be, you know, Avengers versus X Men or it might be you know. But that's what people were thinking. They were yeah, trying to like, think <laughs> of big storylines. It might yeah. be House of M, which is more of an X Men story, but uh Yeah, so anyway, going back to it, so uh Doctor Strange gives up the time stone, uh in a really class scene, actually where he sort of like
1: yeah picks it out of the air and stuff
0: really really cool and hands it over and what i like about thanos the whole way through is see as soon as he gets what he wants he just disappears yeah like he could stay there and he could kill them all but as soon as he gets what he, he's so motivated and so single-minded like one of the things i loved about the movie was and this is kind of a little jab at justice league as well because, because <laughs> Justice League should have felt this epic but Justice League feels like an independent movie next to this and they, and that's not to say they didn't spend money in Justice League but whether the thought process was smaller so when the, all the trailers were coming out for Infinity War I was thinking there's going to be stuff in space and it's all going to culminate on Earth because that's what these movies do aliens come from another dimension whatever they invade, it's all set in Earth it's in landmarks we recognise yep. but what I loved about this was like when Thanos came to Earth at the start, he got what he wanted, he left. He got out of there. So there, there's scenes in <laughs> nowhere, there's scenes on Titan, there's scenes... Like, it doesn't just stay on Earth, and that's one of the things that gives it its epic scope. Yeah. Whereas the end of Justice League was all set in this tiny little Ukrainian village, and you're just like... What?
1: It's... Oh, the... Tiny little Ukrainian village where there was apparently only one family living there.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's definitely a Joss Whedon thing of, oh, we, we have to, you know, remonstrate with this family. Um
1: has like a broom and a gun it's like ah
0: yeah sure that'll stop that'll stop you um (laughs) but that's a whole other conversation
1: Ah. (laughs) a whole other conversation
0: but yeah i mean as i say i just that's what i loved about infinity war it just like a lot of the earth stuff was over at the very start apart from on wakanda but like i like new york is probably the most blown up planet in the world on the movie screen you know whether it's armageddon or it's independence day or it's day after tomorrow or whatever when you have natural disaster movies because New York is such an iconic skyline it normally shows it like it, Avengers 1 all in New York but obviously it doesn't happen in this they come in they have a f- scrap on the streets of New York they get out of there um so yeah so at this point basically Thanos has everything ready to go and this is this is another part i really loved because They could have done like this big massive epic action scene but it was just literally Thanos walk along swatting them away like flies. That was
1: was fantastic to watch. (laughs)
0: And that was great because it showed the power of the gauntlet. It really was just insect, you know. Like Captain America runs at him, holds the glove and stuff and there is that, that was a moment that scared me actually Uh, when Cap is holding like the, the gauntlet as Thanos is trying to crush down on him and even Thanos is surprised at like this insignificant human as he looks at it having the strength to stop him. But then he smacks Captain America in the face. And it was such a crack when he yeah, did it. it was, <laughs> I, I like In the same way I cheered Tony getting stabbed. I was just like, no, don't do it. Uh, but then he starts moving. It's like, that's
1: okay. Right? It's, like, it's, it's like a proper like, Ricky Han. Knockout <laughs> <Well, it, laughs> <it, laughs> just just
0: bang. <laughs> it was just a proper crunch sound yep, effect. Was, and he hit him with the gauntlet. And I thought, <laughs> I think he might have broken his neck. Yeah,
1: just... Dead. And
0: and again, it goes back to this whole feeling of dread throughout the movie. That any time any of them were squaring up against Thanos, you thought, right, someone's gonna die here.
1: Yeah. Someone's gonna die. Um, it takes me to one scene that happens before that kind of face off, and it's, uh, what do you call um, Black Panthers like. Bodyguard, the, the girl who plays show It's it'll always be Michonne I <laughs> can't Hello. pronounce her name. Hello, Fun. I think it's
0: Senequa Monica Green, I yeah. think is the actress's and name, but she'll always be Michonne to me.
1: It's just whatever, you know, it's her and uh you know um Black Widow facing off against mm-hmm. her other girl. And then Scarlet Witch comes down and like kinda uses her powers whatever, just says the best line for me. was so her just be like, why was she up there this whole time? <laughs> 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 okay. So and
0: again, like we're we're at pretty much the, the, the very end of this movie, and I still haven't mentioned one of the best parts of the whole movie. Again, this I said it before, I'll say it again, it just shows the scope of this movie. There's an amazing fight sequence in a train station in Edinburgh, as Scarlet Witch and Vision are trying to escape from the Black Order, and this led to the return of Cap. And you could just see this sort of figure across the train tracks. And I swear the hairs in the back of my neck just went up. I was just <laughs> I was just so happy to see that character at that precise moment. And uh, again, it's something I haven't felt with a lot of movies in a long time. Just that real sort of yes moment. Um, and, and
1: he looks very rugged and.
0: Well, even just little details. They never call him Nomad, but the whole idea in this is that Captain America is no longer Captain America because he doesn't have a country to represent anymore because yeah. they've basically disowned him. So he <coughs> becomes a character called in the comics anyway called Nomad. And if you look at how he's dressed, he has the cap suit on, but it's all blacked out. Yeah. Because he doesn't, not that he doesn't believe in the Stars and Stripes anymore, but they've sort of disowned him to the point where maybe he doesn't feel the same sort of affiliation. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so that was just a a wee small scene just to mention. But, yeah, so we get to the very end. And, again, we haven't even really talked about Thor creating the new hammer and, you know, the heart of a dying star and all this there's kind of so stuff.
1: There's so much going on. Oh, yeah. there's so it's many.
0: just impossible to talk yeah. about it all. But uh yeah, the um so it all leads to this big massive um fight sequence in Wakanda. So basically Wakanda is protected. Uh there's basically this huge sort of under the dome type thing or Simpsons movie type dome, if you will. <laughs> and uh the Black Order and Thanos have so many minions that they are literally just throwing themselves at this shield. Mm-hmm. Their faces are burning, their arms are burned, but they don't care. They're just so determined to get through. Um, Black Panthers, just like you know what, let's just open it up. <laughs> let's because if we open up a tiny slit, we know where to concentrate all the attacks and all the rest. All of this, of course, has taken place. You know, Bruce Banner's in the Hulkbuster suit. I must admit, I was turning. I expect him to turn into Hulk at this point. There's a part where I he's still on the fence
1: about it, yeah. well,
0: there's a part where he's on the ground and there's like five or six of Thanos' oh, minions yeah, yeah, on him, and yeah. I thought this is where he's going to burst out of the suit, but. I don't mind that it didn't happen, but I just thought it might happen.
1: Also, did you like I kinda caught a notion of this, did you think did you think that the minions bore a resemblance to a certain Marvel film coming out later this year? Hint hint. Venom. Mm. That's what I'm getting at. Oh okay. I personally for me, I looked at the minions, I was like, right, that they look mm-hmm. like their facials. Details like they look like Venom. Oh, it's interesting. And then we talked about it, but we were like, okay, like because Tom Holland's been yeah um,
0: seen on the spot on the yeah, set of Venom,
1: and it's kind of sort of been confirmed all like pretty much that he's making a cameo appearance. But then the more me and my sister thought about, it, we were like, well, that could actually be takes place before Infinity War because you don't know at this point whether yeah. I mean you'd you'd probably gonna think the only thing would always... before Infinity War yeah as opposed to during it or after it, because. Well, with what happened, the yeah, pinner.
0: that's true. I mean, it's interesting theory. I mean, that's the thing because all these movies are so well connected, you wouldn't put it past them, yeah. You know, and so you're like,
1: that's why I was like, because you must have, if you're going to attempt the tie it in, in some way, anyway, or reference it, mm-hmm. you know, they can't just say, Oh, the symbiote crash landed there. It's yeah. like, Well, this would be a perfect tie, and it came from Wakanda because yeah. all these dead aliens in Wakanda now. So, yeah, it is interesting actually. I'd never thought of that one myself.
0: um but yeah uh, with the long term planning that the Marvel movies have it really wouldn't you surprise you yeah. it'll, it'll come up in like five years you are like I was right <laughs> it's like aha <laughs> well that's it apparently they have said that Kevin Feige mapped out everything to 2025 which is just incredible
1: it's, you must just think his like a bunker of a boardroom is just scrawled with like one big massive like sheet of paper plan <laughs> yeah like a whole blueprint with, the, with, this,
0: with this one part in red in the corner of how does homecoming take place eight years after Avengers uh that's a separate question. Um, but yeah, so they they open up the dome a little bit to let some of the enemy in, and this again led to another goosebumps moment where Black Panthers like running really fast at it, and then Cap's like, I show you how to run, mate <laughs> just bolts past them. The two of them are just massively running into danger. Um, and another great one-liner.
1: I am Groot, I am am Steve Rogers. I am Steve Rogers. Yeah,
0: I love that as well. He has
1: a sense of humour, thank God for that.
0: Cap's always had a sense of humour. He could do this all day. Um, No, it's, uh, yeah, so basically big, massive, epic action scenes. I mean, the whole way through this, all I could think was, how long would this have taken to shoot? Which I suppose you shouldn't be thinking, but the whole time I was just like, the scale of it was incredible.
1: it must have been Um, quite a while.
0: But uh, yeah, so they fight and they fight and they fight and then again it comes back to that point where we were talking about where Thanos comes in with the, the gauntlet and just swats everybody away like flies. Um, and then that leads to Thor's triumphant return. And I must admit this was another great, you know, fist great fist bump advantage. moment, you know, yeah. it was a real yeah, fantastic. And It goes back as well to a line said early in the movie by Loki who says, you'll never defeat the god. Yeah. And he's obviously talking about Thor. So if this was your normal Marvel movie, this is the big moment. This is the the slaying of the bad guy. And Thor basically does jump on. Oh, by the way, I should mention as well, I was so happy that Groot used some of his arm to make the Stormbreaker. Yeah. Because the whole way through this movie, all I could think was, why is Groot here? They yeah, played.
1: because it's
0: like it's it's this one note joke the whole way through of you know put that video game down you know and I thought what why is he here Yeah, is he here just because he's part of the Guardians and when he kept like looking at the broken pieces and then back and then look and you could just see the 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 twigs in his head turning if you will and uh, when he used his arm I thought that was amazing I was so happy at that moment and uh, yeah so basically Thor like jumps in the air stabs Thanos straight through the heart. And, uh, it led to, for me, the best moment of the whole mo- or the best line of the whole movie, yeah. the most kick-ass yeah. line of the whole movie, and that was Thanos just going, you should have aimed for the head, and then Thor just has this moment of realisation of, oh my god, looks to the side,
1: and, and Thanos, then... click the finger. Yep. Um, and that scared me a little bit, like, there is no hesitation in it at all, it wasn't as if he was like, ah you know, damn, Even was as like, she went for the head, bang, like yeah. just sh- pull the trigger.
0: Well, that's it. That
1: fast. I was like, oh my God. Well, that's, that's it, because like, in, the,
0: in these movies, the villains usually explain what they're going to do, and then that allows them to stop them. I mean, one of the biggest examples for me will always be Guardians. Uh, at the end, all he has to do is literally put his hammer onto the ground and destroy the whole world, yeah. but Peter distracts him with his whole dance off and all that stuff. So there's always a point in these movies where, they explain their plan, but they do something to distract them in this. No, it's just like, should have went for the head. Click. And there was a real part of me that thought, this is where it's ending. Because yeah, it, it cut to white. Yeah. And I was just like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Oh, it's okay, we're back. Um, it would have been a great ending, though. It would have been a brilliant ending, final. but I think it would have been a more frustrating ending. Yeah. Um, the ending as it is, is frustrating in a way because... You want to see more of this story but at the same time the ending makes sense because thanos has achieved his plan you know thanos is sitting relaxed at the end like looking over a sunset basically going i did it uh he's not sitting there laughing maniacally like some world dictator you know it's relief you know it's like i set out to achieve this i have achieved it there's balance in the universe but yeah so going back to he snaps his fingers and so of course you're you're wondering what's happening and they really draw all this out brilliantly and then suddenly Bucky starts walking towards Steve and Bucky starts disappearing and of all the characters like Bucky would have been my second for who I wouldn't have wanted to disappear like Caps first because I just love that sort of friendship between those two but what they do here is very clever as well because once Bucky disappears it must be a full minute before someone else does yeah it's not like it happens like, yeah, it's, in, it's like
1: not, in unison or anything it's all yeah. very one by one it's one by one
0: and like when it happens to Bucking then a minute passes you you sort of think to yourself oh the rest of them are safe and then another one of them starts yeah. flaking and then another one you know, you had that moment where Groot and Rocket are looking at each other which
1: oh, No. I, mean, I, I can't discuss this I, <laughs> I
0: think you need to discuss this uh, uh, so James Gunn who directed the Guardians movies he, you know at the very end where uh, Groot and Rocket are looking at each other and Groot says I am Groot James Gunn translated that as Dad when he's dying
1: he looks to Rocket and he
0: says Dad I mean come on as if you're not tugging on the heartstrings strings enough by this point that's just ridiculously great I can't, great. De- I can't de- even um, I mean, <laughs>
1: that just killed me the thing,
0: the thing is when that part happened in it I did sort of think oh this is this is the death that the little kids will cry at sort of thing but now that you've said that and it just gave yeah, an extra depth I'm like, just like <laughs> no. and uh, but Peter as well Peter was the worst um, and it actually ties into something you said as well we-, we chatted about beforehand I mean I already thought it was a shocking enough moment because it was brilliantly acted and it, it almost seems like the rest of them are uh, the rest of them are basically um, they-, they sort of have a concept of what's happening a quiet yeah. resignation of what's happening uh, whereas with him it's very much oh my god I don't want to die I don't want, I don't want to yeah. go I don't want to go sir and like he's begging for his life he's begging and pleading Tony to help him in some way
1: and because he has heightened senses that's, he feels everything
0: yeah. that's the part I was thinking about more and you're like oh. that I hadn't thought about um, but obviously dude his enhanced senses as you say I mean as much pain as everyone else would have been in his multiplied tenfold mixed. you know <laughs> sort of thing so Painful so yeah basically you know all we're left with at the end is the original Avengers, and as I say, we'll chat about it earlier, Rocket, which again just seems like an anomaly to me. But I think it all goes back to that line of you know, you just don't want to face Thanos, do you? Yeah, you
1: want to be innocent. It has to, he be, isn't. Yeah.
0: has to be more than that, or more to that, I should say. Definitely.
1: Um, but we'll find s- out. <laughs> we will indeed. I mean, the,
0: the, the one good thing here is that there's actually only one year until the next movie. You know, yeah, I mean, like my was fear was going to be three. Yeah,
1: and you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd have been pulling your hair out, but that's it. Be like, ah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Hurry up and release.
0: But. Uh, and yeah, you know, the,
1: the Captain Marvel post scene might also tie in the it in a way. Yeah, nice. so that's
0: well, that's it. That leads us just to the wee you know post credit scene, and in this movie there was only one, and it's right at the very end. Um, usually with Marvel movies there'll be one in the middle and then one at the end. I will say that the credits for this were long.
1: Yeah, they were. I
0: don't know whether it was long because of how it ended. I don't know if it was long because they were just long. I don't know if it was long because you're waiting for that one credit
1: scene. I'm thinking it was just long and that It was long. Maybe that's
0: why they usually cut them out in half maybe that's why they gave you like a post-credit scene in the middle or a mid-credit scene
1: as Tony says uh, it's been a long day like Eugene yeah. O'Neill long
0: <laughs> <laughs> all these credits were <laughs> well one thing I noticed like when the credits were going on and on it actually reached a point where I, uh, I was reading the credits as well oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I saw one at the end and it said characters from Arrested Development um, <laughs> loaned to us by 20th Century Fox I was like where the hell was there an Arrested Development reference now, rest the Development's basically this great comedy with Jason Bateman. It's to do with the Bluth family. And um, the Russos who directed this, they actually directed loads of episodes of yeah. it. And there was a great little Easter egg in the Civil War when they're fighting in the airport that in the background you can see the stair car with the Bluth company logo mm-hmm. uh, in the background, which I thought was great. But I had to read up on this one. I will be looking out for it on a, on a second viewing. But uh, in the background of the collector's um, home, in a glass case is Tobias Blue, dressed up all in blue paint and wearing his uh, cutoffs which means nothing to 90% of the population <laughs> but to me is absolutely amazing um, but yeah uh, obviously I read that little part and then we get our end credits scene and the end credits scene gives us our first look in years at Nick Fury Yes, I mean, is a Winter Soldier was the last we seen him.
1: See, somebody said this to me, and I was like, it couldn't have been. I think it is
0: Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. He basically stands at his
1: grave, and he burns everything, and he walks off. Have we seen him? Age of Ultron. The bit where they're at his house, Clint's house, and he's in the barn good call and he comes out and he's like yeah, yeah I'm just a man who cares very much about you you're right you're right I
0: think that was the last one yeah, then, was that it? Was, that was but last yeah time. good call good catch on that one I think it's just Ultron's a bit of a forgettable one unfortunately
1: no, oh, I, everyone says this to me I like this there's
0: good stuff to it but it, it's, uh, Ultron's a movie of two halves to me I think the first half's important and I think the second half's really weak um, but that's again just personal stuff but uh, you know whereas with Infinity War the first half was strong the middle was strong the end was strong the post credit scene was strong oh right, great film yeah, but yeah but, pretty much yeah. Um, but yeah just uh, as, as we say sorry just uh, that end credit scene yeah. so you have Nick Fury uh, driving in the car with Maria Hill ah that's and her then, first name I can't remember her first name <laughs> and then people start disappearing and you see like helicopters banging into buildings and all this kind of stuff and then Maria Hill starts to disappear and so for some reason Nick Fury knows what's going on here as well which is what I find interesting like he sees people disappearing he doesn't look shocked
1: to well, me it's almost he, he's like he's a bit
0: shocked it's almost like he's, he, he knows something and the fact that the, he then runs back to the car and he pulls out this pager looks like it's from the 90s good reason for that of course and he presses a button, and then he disappears in one of the greatest line deliveries of all time. Um, you just know that they said to him, right? You know what, Sam? You make up your last line.
1: Yeah, and whatever
0: you want. And he's like,
1: "Can I say motherfucker?"
0: And they were like, "Right, do that, but we'll cut it off halfway." Yeah, it's just, through
1: just you know, for the twelve eh, A reasoning I mean, it's it's the most deliciously Samuel L. Jackson scene I've ever seen in my life. My sister, Motherf- yeah, my sister said it would have been great if he had to come off. If you know. I've had it with these motherf- mullet uh, and stones Diana and this mullet de- and plants <laughs> yeah that was. Uh,
0: I might have been a bit too self aware of that but just the, the whole mother and then yeah. it getting cut off but then the, the little pager drops to the ground it and zooms in. Uh, zooms in sending, sending, yeah. sending and then a symbol comes up and the symbol is of course from Captain Marvel
1: personally to me 90% of people didn't know what the symbol was
0: I suppose it all depends what crowd you go with I mean because we went to the Midnight Show and they were all Marvel fans yeah. so like me and my
1: sister we all knew but I mean for me then having yeah. been working and hearing people come out of it it's like no idea Yeah, you're like come on guys really
0: because <laughs> there were some people even clapping at that point in our screening and cheering um, so but uh, a, a lot of that more will go into more detail when Captain Marvel movie comes out because yeah. it's going to be set in the 90s it's um, it'll have a two eyed Nick Fury Uh, but it's obviously going to show how they set up their relationships and hopefully at the end of that movie they'll explain why she was never present in New York or in Skokovia or in obviously when Thanos comes to Earth whether she's in the other end of the galaxy or whatever but hopefully they'll explain in some way
1: why she wasn't involved I would have maybe liked to have seen her instead of a sentiment like even just as he does or I don't know maybe just a completely different like end credits scene or, or
0: maybe like it's sending, like sending, and then it cuts to the other end of that, and someone picks it up. Yeah, or, it's someone yeah. like
1: that, you know, just a glimpse know, of I Brie think, Larson in the suit. Yeah, I think at this point we're just being.
0: I think at this point we're just being greedy. Yeah.
1: No, no actually, no.
0: No. 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 I. I, th- nope. <laughs> I think we're just being greedy at this point. I mean, yeah, I would we'll loved that scene as well, but we, we, we all think that we can. Uh, we all think that we can do these things better. Yeah. Uh but
1: not saying we can, <laughs> but you know just.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, Definitely not true in this case, because I don't think anybody could have done a better job in this movie. No, um, at all. I mean, the biggest compliment I can give it, and anybody who knows me comes in this store or whatever, anybody who knows me well knows I'm a DC guy, through and through. And in a sense, it kills me to, you know, just to say how good this movie is. I mean, it's not that I was going into it wanted it to feel, or going into it wanted it to be bad. Of course, I wanted it to be amazing, but the fact that it lived up to and exceeded those expectations... Yep. All I could think was, where's the DC equivalent of this? Yeah. You know, I Hopefully do. there isn't one. <laughs> I still think The Dark Knight's a better movie, but it's a very, 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 very different movie. Yeah. In terms of long term planning, payoff, character development, there's nothing that even touches this. Um, it's very, it's definitely in my top two, because again, I just love Winter Soldier, but it could even be top one when I go see it a second time. I do want to, like, that's one of the reasons I love Winter Soldier. I think it's got great rewatchability. Whether this will have that same rewatchability, I think it will. I and will say it goes in you faster. faster.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, the second time you watch it, you know, well, obviously with any film, you watch it three times, four yeah. times over, obviously you know what's coming, but with this, because everything the first time was a shock, and there was a twist, yeah. and there was such, you know, mind-blowing proportions, like, the second time you watch it, you're just like, oh, okay. Looking for and then, and then before you know it, it's just over again, you're
0: like, sweet. Yeah, I mean for me the second viewing of anything is always about looking for details. Mm-hmm. The first time's about the experience, uh, second time is looking for details, but you do wonder just sometimes when there's certain movies, for example, that have like a twist ending, once you know that, is it worth watching again? Yeah. There are examples of movies that get better when you know the twist. Usual suspects I'm thinking, Sixth Sense I'm Inception. thinking, Inception. Uh, well, deception just gets better every time you watch it <laughs> absolutely adore that movie Uh,
1: I like collateral as well although Collateral's is not really a twist it's more just like about the story he told him at the very start of the film
0: oh the Tom Cruise Jimmy Foxx one yeah collateral yeah. it's a great yeah. movie
1: he tells him at the start it's like guy gets on uh, the TV dies and then
0: no one find no yeah. one realises for and a couple of days at the end
1: of the film that's how he dies and do you like, know ah.
0: this, this is a total segue from this but do you know at the end of that movie right? see the first time I saw it yeah And again, spoilers, everybody. Um, Big fat spoilers. If you haven't seen Collateral, put this forward one minute. Um, At the very end of Collateral, uh, Jimmy Fox's character is standing across from Tom Cruise's and there's a doorway in the way uh, between the two trains. And they both shoot at each other. And it always annoyed me that Vince, who was Tom Cruise's character, is a professional hitman. And even though he's injured and he's struggling and all the rest, he doesn't hit Jimmy Fox once, but (laughs) Jimmy Fox shoots him right. That annoyed me, but just to show how meticulous Michael Mann is the reason he didn't hit him if you look at the doors like you, if you remember earlier in the movie where uh, Vincent killed someone and it's like one to the head, two to the heart if you look at the doorway he shot him directly in the heart, three times Yeah. but because of the steel of the door that's why it doesn't hit him ah. he doesn't shoot through the glass which is why, he, you because know, Vincent in his training is aim for the heart so he actually would have hit him if the door wasn't there which really changed my perception of the That's end of that movie really, oh, really yes. clever I thought that was brilliant, Um, because it always annoyed me that Vince didn't hit him once but he was able to shoot Vince
1: and it's just a great scene and he kind of gets it out and like you know because instinctively it's just like right reload I'll finish off yeah. and it just goes just down like, and you just see the clips drop clip. and he's just like yeah <sighs> also yeah. I don't really think you need to say spoilers it's been like 14 years Yeah, it's been, it's been a while but
0: uh let's just say I, I still wouldn't give away the ending of the sixth sense or the usual suspects to anyone who hadn't seen them Um but yeah you know back to Infinity War say it completely lived up to the hype was everything I wanted it to be when we left the screening as I say there was 15 of us and we just didn't know what to say to each other we just stayed a shock
1: I made the mistake of trying to do a review literally straight after it me oh, and my sister yeah. were just like <laughs> it's like oh, how, I was like, I. Uh, maybe I should just delete that video off my channel and do it again now, but it, we were kind of sitting there like, how... I
0: mean, it's nice to see that reaction in a way because that encapsulates
1: <laughs> that moment. Yeah, we were just like, we... Uh, yeah, it was literally just 10 minutes of us trying to form sentences about what we just witnessed. I was like, right, um... <laughs> so, about that, well, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. much. Out well, of 10, what would you give
0: it? Oh, uh, 11. You know, it's... A stupid cliche to say you can't give more than 10 but it really did just live up to everything I wanted it to be and as I say as a DC fan it kills me because this is the movie Justice League should have been and wasn't in any shape or form nope. and you know yeah, what more can you say? I'm guessing it's full marks from yourself as well.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, well, I didn't, I didn't want to be completely cliche and give it a 10, so I just went with like a 9, just so as people knew I wasn't entirely biased.
0: <laughs> well, I think it'll be interesting to go back to this movie in a year's time when the sequel comes out. The only fear I have from this movie is that all of this is undone. Uh, I think it would be a cheap parlor trick. I don't think the Russos or Kevin Feige would be that silly about it. But at the same time, one thing we know in the Marvel universe, there hasn't really been a lot of lasting consequences. Nope. And the only thing that worries me is that, you know, Doctor Strange's going at the time stone back and just go whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. ah there you go all alive.
0: Uh I don't think they'll do that. I really don't. God I think almighty,
1: if that happens, I'm walking out.
0: I think the cultural impact of this movie and how well it's been received. I don't think they'd do it. Um, I have a small theory which I'll just share very quickly. Uh, the whole way through the movie, they keep uttering this line of, we don't trade lives here. And I have this feeling in the sequel that the original Avengers who are left will trade their lives for the, quote, new Avengers. Because, I'm sorry, he just had a billion dollar movie, you're not killing Black Panther. Spider-Man Homecoming 2 has been announced, you're not killing yeah, Peter. Yeah. You know, it's kind of... Both- Guardians
1: 3 has been announced. Guardians so, 3 you has know, been announced, yeah.
0: but... I do think that will be without Gamora, personally. I do think that's a death that will last. Um, So, yeah, that's my theory for the second one because I think all the the newer characters will come back and then the older characters will go out. And if you're listening, Russo Brothers, if you end it in a way where you segue back to Captain America jumping on that grenade in the first Avenger, I will be reduced to tears because that would just be the perfect culmination of what will be at that point. Uh, 11 years, yeah, and it start. In fact, it was, I suppose it would be 10 years because it was 2009 for yeah. Cap, so um, th- I mean, that was always his character, he would sacrifice himself to save everyone else. So, as I say, that's that's my guess. It's not a spoiler in any way, it's not based on anything other than my reaction to the movie, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, um. Anything else to add at this point?
1: No, I think I think you know, we've covered the I think we're vast an, majority of everything.
0: Think so. we're hitting an hour in ten minutes here. Um, yep. Probably bored of the sound of our voices, but um, you know, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, we we obviously chatted for a long time about it here, but honestly, you could chat so much longer. Yeah, there there is so much to this movie and. You know, if you haven't seen it, there's no point now because you've just had it all spoiled for you. <laughs> but if you've seen Be it once, o- <laughs> if you've seen it once, hopefully listening to all this will make you want to see it again. I mean, just chatting about it, I, I want to see it again this week, definitely at some point. Uh, yeah, just can't say enough good things about it. So, yeah, we'll uh, leave it there. Um, obviously we're recording this. You may have heard a few people duck in and out. We like to think that's part of the charm of this, uh, in and out of the store. Uh, so just for me, I'm Alan. I'm the owner-operator of Coffee and Heroes. We're in Smithfield Market uh, in Belfast.
1: And I've been joined today by... James. Uh, if you like what I do, you can find me on YouTube, James Oliver Film Reviews. I'm the one that looks like Patrick Bateman. Or if you want to read my stuff, I'm now featured in Northern Woman magazine. Uh, yeah, so that. Month. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. So uh, yeah, just hit me up whatever there we go guys
0: as I say cheers for listening and uh, I'm sure we'll be back with another review of some kind soon Mm